pulled out on the main highway, the sun was just a big ball, just coming down right into the road in front of us. I dropped my sun visor, and it wasn't but a few minutes until we looked out, and it was just snowing like crazy. I said it was an experience to see the sun and the snow at the same time. I noticed in the bulletin it said you're going to have, we're going to have a work day on May the 5th. I hope you'll come and be a part of that. It said rain or shine. It should say rain, snow, or sleet. All right. We're in April. We ought to be able to see something better. And only the Lord knows why it's the way it is, but uh, we're just glad that He is here among us. I, I want to ask the question this morning as I share... And I thought about God and all the good things He does. How great is our God? Think about that. How great and marvelous is the God that we serve. And we begin to see it in the Scripture as we look at the Scripture this morning. In Matthew chapter 9, I want to begin at verse number 18 and go down through verse... uh, Well, let's go through verse 29. And I want to show you the greatness of the God that we are serving today. For it says, The ruler came and knelt before Jesus and said, My daughter has just died. But Lord, if you come and put your hand on her, she will live. And Jesus got up and went with them, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and said to herself, If only I could touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead, but is only asleep. But they laughed at him. And after the crowd had been put outside, he went and took the girl by her hand. And she got up. The greatness of our God. And then Jesus went on From there, and two blind men following behind him called out, Have mercy on us, O son of David. When he came indoors, the blind men came in to him. And he asked them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they said. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, be it unto you. And the sight was restored. God is a great God. I mean when we begin to see it in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament as well. If you read in the book of Isaiah chapter number 26, there's a verse there that always thrilled me. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusts in thee. Now, I want to tell you, we live in a world today that many times we get our minds off of the things of what God's doing, and we look at all the troubles that are around us. But I want you to know this morning, I'm not sure that 24-hour access 
is a good idea for news. Because most news is not good news. Most news is discouraging. There are terrorist threats. There are crimes. There's natural disasters. There's a host of unsettling events. And, and that constant pounding, that 24 hours of us listening and watching, sometimes, my friend, causes us to have negativeness, anxiety, and fear. And that's exactly what happened when Isaiah was writing. For if you read and you know the story, you know that the people of Judah were experiencing under the control of the Assyrians' empire at that time. Yet, Isaiah said, did, he, he did not focus on the uncertainty of the situation. You see, there's a difference on what we focus on today. Many people, in fact, the news media focus on all the negative, but Christians focus on the positive. At least we ought to. And this is exactly what Isaiah did. Isaiah did not focus on the uncertainty of Judah's situation. He looked at the future with anticipation. To the one who controls the future. To the one that controls what's going on. And not only did Isaiah trust God, he also praised God for His everlasting strength. I come to say to you today that peace in your heart and mind is possible today. No matter what you're going through, no matter what the negative of the world is, my friend, in the midst of your turmoil, it depends on your focus this morning. If you will focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will focus on His power, His desire, you can leave here a better person. You can leave here with confidence of knowing that God is working in your life. When you fix your minds on the Lord, we won't be shaken, my friend, by anything else. When we focus on the Lord, we will not be shaken. I shall not be moved because I know what my God is able to do for me and help me with. When we fix our minds on Him, we'll not be shaken. The negative news of the day will not bother us. We who know Christ... My friend, have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear this morning in the present, but I have everything to hope for in the future. Because I know that the Scripture still says that Jesus Christ, over in the book of Hebrews, many times you have read that in the chapter 13, verse number 8 says, that when we believe, he said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and will be tomorrow. So why should we have to worry about any of these other things? We serve a God who's in control of time and eternity. And He never changes. He will keep us calm and full of peace if we'll learn how to trust Him. Now, I've thought about this thing of coming to church today. When you came to church today, did you come with anticipation? Did you come with expectation? And you know, those are two big words, but they're the same thing. You see, anticipation, according to Webster, is, is expecting something to happen. Anticipation is knowing it's going to happen, just receiving it. And so when I thought about that, when we come to church, what did you come expecting God to do for you today? Not for your neighbor, not for somebody else, but what did He come expecting Him to do for you? Have you ever been in a place or have been overtaken with a feeling that something good was about to happen? 
Have you, have you ever been in a situation to when you walked in? I, I know my wife has said this many times. There's just something special about today. There's something special about this service. There's something special about God must be going to do something wonderful today. And so when I begin to think about that, I wonder if you've ever had that. You didn't know exactly what it was, but uh, you know you knew there was something special about that day. You know the songwriter put it in the words. He said, "There's something good about the half." And I, I can remember when the song came out, and I, I dropped down a few of the words. I, if I miss them, don't you know? It's just my age, okay? But there's, there's, there's the song. I just feel like something good's about to happen. And this is what the word says: I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. He has promised He would open all of heaven. And brother, it could happen any day when God's people humble themselves and call on Jesus and they look to heaven expecting, expecting as they pray. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, this could be that very day. And then I like that second verse that says, I have heard of all the bad news in the paper. Things are getting bleaker every day. But oh, for this child of God, it makes no difference. For it's bound to get better either way. When God's people humble themselves and put on Jesus, when they come before heaven expecting as they pray, I just feel like something good, something good's about to happen. And brother, this could happen this very day. You see, those songs, it tells a message of what the world is all about. We come to church today, something good is going to happen, and it may even happen today. Have you ever felt a presence, a confidence within you that casts out all the fear, all the anxiety, all the obstacles, and we are thrilled with the prospects that fill us with confidence and joy of knowing God's going to do something. You know what? When we come to prayer, sometimes, I, I, you know, when we come to the altar and we pray for someone and we expect God to do something, you know, when we pray expecting and believing, you know, children have great faith. And you all remember the story probably for years up down in the south. They were in a drought and they had called a prayer meeting because the crops were drying up and, and they didn't know what else to do. So the church said, we're going to call a prayer meeting. We're going to have that prayer meeting 24 hours a day. We're going to leave the church open for three days. As they were kneeling and praying, they heard the screech of the door open in the back. There come a little girl about nine years old walking in with an umbrella. You see, she came expecting, believing that she came for a prayer meeting to get rain. I wonder how many of us come to church expecting and believing that we invite our neighbor, our friend, our children, our spouses, our family members, expecting God to do something in their life. They need the Lord and we need to pray that God will bring salvation to them. They need healing. We need to pray that God will bring the healing. God's still able, as He did, as I read to you in Matthew's Gospel. It was just a common thing. You see, people of God have two guarantees. You know what? When we come to the house of God, we got two guarantees. First of all, I can guarantee you that God will be present here. You know why? Because He said, we're two or more gathered together in My name. I will be in the midst. 
You know, when we come together as God's people, He's going to be here if we'll just look for Him and sense Him. And then there's a second thing, that the power of the Holy Spirit would be upon us. For He said, go and carry until you be endued with power from on high. Let me tell you something. The church needs to realize that God's here. And when God's here, we need to know that His power is here. Therefore, our expectations should always run high. It should always be high. It is always exciting to live with expectation of what God will do next. I thought of the prophet as he sat out there one day, and he was, and Habakkuk talks about, he said, I was sitting on my watchtowers and looking out to see what my God was going to do next. You know what? Preachers do it all the time. We sit in a service and we stand in behind the pulpit and we say, Lord, the message you laid on my heart, what people is going to receive it today? Who needs that message today? I had people come to church for the first time. In my ministry, I've had a man come to me one day and he said, who in the world has been talking to you about me? I said, I don't even know you. He said, everything you said is exactly what I am. You see, he came not realizing that God was going to deal with his heart. You see, sometimes we need to realize that God is here. I was preaching in one of my pastors on a Sunday night, and it was a couple, a, a wonderful couple. In fact, he sold sporting goods things, and they travel all the time. They're out in these sporting goods shows, and, and they were staying in a motel. And she tells about how this, she said she was watching television, and it was a Christian show on, and, and then she said she picked up that Bible, that Gideon Bible, began to read it. They were there three days, and so they began to read in the Bible. They finally flipped onto a channel one evening, and Billy Graham was on, and they were listening to him. And they, in that motel room, they made a commitment to Jesus Christ. But you know what he said? Billy Graham said, now find yourself a Bible-believing church and go there. They said they had visited two or three churches, didn't know where to go, but they said Sunday evening they had time, they came to the church. And that particular night I was preaching about how you know what church is the right church. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. We got, we clammed on to those folks because they believed they were looking for it. That was what they were looking for. You see, when you come to church, you know, prayed up, expecting, and looking for God to do something, He'll do it. You see, the problem is sometimes we come without expecting. This should be our attitude. As the people of God, when we gather for worship, when we open the Word of God and begin to read it, when we go before the Lord in prayer, my friend, it certainly should be if we believe that God is among His people. If God is among us, you see, such an expectation attitude enables us to focus to focus on the possibilities and not on the problems. You know, a lot of people go to church, all they do is sit there and think about all their problems. They think about everything else that took place last week and thinking, well, I think next week will probably be about the same as what. Did you know that if you would come to church and leave your problems outside in the parking lot, and you'd come and focus on what God can do for you today that will make next week better than last week, I want to tell you something, things would change in your life. Reminds me of the old chorus that we used to sing all the time, and every Christian church ought to sing it even yet today. My God can do anything, anything, anything but fail. And then, you know, we used to add to that. When we would sing that chorus, we would add to it, My God can do anything, anything but fail. And then we would add, He can save. 
When we see someone that needs saved, we say, my God can do anything. My God can save. He can save. He, can, he really can. And you know, I've seen this happen. I had a fellow in one of our congregations where we pastored it. They, 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 they said he was the meanest man in town. He had been through World War II and, and he had been uh, out there where he said the commander said shoot. And he said, I would just shoot and it would be moms and dads and kids. He said, God can never forgive me. I said, John, you don't understand. Our God can do anything. You know what? We begin to work with Him, begin to share with Him. And it wasn't no time until He came to church one day. Now, I came to church because, you know, I wouldn't take His money. You know, they, they were working, we were building, and, and we had a lot of mud around the church, and there was a tile in the driveway that broke, and, and you know, he, he was, the township was going to put it in. He was a supervisor. And so I had to go through John, and John, he didn't you know, give me a hard time. Well, preacher, when do we get time? I don't know when we'll have time. You know, he just kept putting me off. And finally he came, it was a cold and rainy and, and half-snowy day, and the fellows were working out there, a couple of them going to our church, and so I invited them, come on in, come on down in the fellowship hall. We, we got warmth, and we got tables and chairs they can sit on, and, and we'll give them coffee, and, and, and they can eat their lunch where it's warm. Oh, no, he said, it's muddy, don't go in there. I said, that's all right, we got a custodian, they'll clean it. Come on in. So they came in, and they sat there, and we got the sheriff, and talking, and everybody had a great time until he said, time to get back to work, boys. But as we were walking out through, he said, reached in his pocket, pulled out his billfold, he gave me a $5 bill. He said, here, preacher, that's for the coffee and for the warmth. And I said, oh, John, we don't charge for that, that was, that's on us. No, 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 no. I'm going to find. He said, "Just put it in the church." I said, uh, "I said." Well, I pushed open the door. I said, "We had an offering plate sitting on the communion table." I said, "Just go up there and put it in the offering plate." I, I don't, I don't want. If you want to give it to the church, just put it in the offering. He said, well, "I don't wear my dirty shoes." I said, "Then you'll have to come on Sunday when you got clean shoes." And you know something? He showed up. He showed up. He told everybody in the community, the only way he got to church, that preacher said he wasn't going to put the money in a plate. I had to come and put the money in a plate. But you know what? It wasn't but a few weeks until he knelt at that altar and gave his heart to Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. He was the best billboard I had in that city. Because, you see, he was a township, uh, over the township uh, fellows on the road crew. Everywhere he went, he talked about the church. He talked about it. He brought his wife. He brought his son and daughter. He brought a daughter-in-law. He brought the children. I mean, he began to invite everybody. But you know what? There was a fellow lived across the street that was real religious. <laughs> he went to another church. And he, he called out one day. I walked out and was heading to the office. And he said, uh, he said, Pastor, you got a minute? I said, sure, Bob. I walked over and he said, I want to ask you something. He said, what I saw last week, was that really John that was coming out of the church there? Oh, Bob, you haven't heard about John? He got saved. The Lord delivered. He is a, he's on fire for the Lord. He said, oh, brother, he said, he's an awful, awful man. I said, you know what, Bob? In the sight of the cross, all of us have been an awful man. Jesus Christ changed his life. You see, John came expecting. He came anticipating something from the Lord, and he received it. What I'm saying this morning is that God can save. He can heal. Well, I can tell you of people that have been healed 
hundreds of people through the years in the church when they came to church sick. Because they, you know what, you go to the doctor when you're sick. Why can't you come and ask the saints to pray for you when you're sick? And see, I've seen many, many people healed of all kinds of diseases because the Word of God says that when we come together in His name, He said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You see, when Jesus came to this ruler who came and said, listen, I've got enough faith to believe. I know God. I know that my daughter just died, but I know also you have the power to be able to raise her up. You, you just come. You come. And Jesus went. And you know what He did? He raised her up. But in the meantime, in between, He did a couple other miracles. You see, when we believe, not only can He bring salvation and healing, but He can sanctify. Those of you that have been saved and you've never gone any further and you wonder why you keep slipping back. You wonder why you keep making what we, many people call mistakes. Uh, let me tell you, you know what it is? It's because you haven't really given it all. You haven't allowed Him to baptize you with the Spirit and control your words and control your attitude and control your feelings. You see, God has the power to sanctify and make you whole. He can provide for you when you're, when you're worrying about, well, uh, you know, since I became Christ, this came this Christian, you know, things have been tough and, and it just seems like I can't seem to get caught up. Let me tell you something, the God that I serve can provide. He is a provider. He will provide for you if you'll trust Him. He can forgive. You see, there's so many times that people come to the place where the Bible says you can be forgiven as you forgive others. You say, well, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. When you realize that God has forgiven you of everything that's within you, everything that's been wrong, you know what? We're all on the same level at that point. And if God forgives me, I've got to forgive my brother and my sister. God's able to forgive. He's able to restore. You know, there's a lot of people who says, well, you know, I've tried and I've failed and I've tried and I've failed and, and you know, I've made so many mistakes and, and, you know, my marriage is a mess and my job's a mess and my neighborhood's a mess. Let me tell you something. God's able to restore your life today. He can revive. Oh, yes, my God can do anything. He can do anything but fail. You know, I say that because, you know, you know, right here this morning as I look out at this audience, I, you know, God's done some great things. I mean, I, I say my Pretty wife sitting down here this morning. You know what? Last week she wasn't here. You know why? Because God has ministered this week. God has helped. Oh, yeah, we've had doctors and we've had medicine. But I'm going to tell you something. God's still working. He's not finished, but He's still working on her. He's going to take care of this need. I look out here and see Sister Willie. You know what? I seen you when you was in the hospital and couldn't hardly do much of anything. I seen you at home when you were hurting. I seen when the, when the old devil fought against you and you went back to the hospital thinking you're going to get better and they end up keeping you. Let me tell you something, the God that I serve is able to help, and He's proven it right here this morning. I look right out there, and, and there's my brother. There's Brother McCracken, Sister McCracken, faithful missionaries. I mean, today there are young men out there in the mission field that they taught, that they, they are now out there in ministry. They're out there building churches. They're out there finding folks to the Lord. And you know something? God has honored them. And I can remember it hadn't been a month ago when you came home and you were so sick. And you know what? We didn't know whether you'd even make it or not. But there he is today. God has ministered to that man's life. You know why? Because he's been faithful and God is faithful. 
You see, my God can do anything. I believe that with all my heart. There's nothing that my God can't do. And so when I begin to think about that, you know, you know, you have to say it in your heart. You have to say it in your heart. My God can do anything. You have to say it within your heart. You have to say it within your mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And the mind of Christ was, when He saw that Father that was broken, the Scripture doesn't give the full identity of it. But you can imagine if your daughter, maybe his only daughter, I don't know, but his daughter, he came to the Lord and said, My daughter has died. Lord, Lord, but I know if you would come to my house, you could raise her up. Let me tell you something. He said it in his mind. He knew in his mind that if Jesus would come, things would be different. And when he did, the Bible says he put everybody out and he took her by the hand. I, I can almost imagine. He probably knelt down beside that bed and said, Honey, he patted her hand and she turned over and looked at her. He said, Come on, you just need to get something to eat. And she stood up, the Bible says. Let me tell you something. The God that I serve can do anything. We need to say it with our hearts. We need to say it with our mind. We need to say it with our lips. Too many times we're afraid to say what God has done because the old devil says, don't say too much. Why, you may have that reoccurrence tomorrow. The devil's been a liar from the beginning. My friend, you need to say it with your lips. You need to say, my God can do anything but fail. Say it with me this morning. My God can do anything but fail. I didn't quite hear you. Say it again. I'm too loud. My God can do anything but fail. Amen. I believe that. I believe that from the, from the bottom of my heart. And, and when you say it with your heart and you say it with your heart, and with this holy anticipation and this visionary expectation, my friend, now it's exciting to be caught in the atmosphere of the Spirit expecting to see what God's going to do next. Then I want to tell you something. When you begin to live that way, then you begin to live with, with the saints of old. Then you begin to say, when you, when you realize it's happening in your life, then you'll be able to say with Job, I know my Redeemer liveth. You see, Job, who had them boils all over his body, and yet he knew what the Lord was able to do. You see, he believed his God could do anything. I thought about it. You could say it with the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were going to throw them in the fiery furnace. And they simply said, my God can do anything. And they opened that chamber and they put them in. And then when the king walked by to look, he not only saw three, he saw four. For the Lord was right there in the midst of the fire with them. Why? Because our God can do anything. We can say it, my friend. You can shout it with the Apostle Paul. For the Apostle Paul said, My God shall supply all my needs. He didn't say He supplies some of them. He a few of them. The easy ones. He said He'll supply all of my needs. You'll be able to state with Peter, the Lord, when, when, when everybody else was going away and, and the Lord said, now, are you all going to leave me too? And Peter said, to whom shall we go, Lord? For you have the word of life. You have the words of eternal life. With this expectation, you'll be able to say with the psalmist David, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord will help. My help cometh from the Lord. He didn't say it came from anybody else. It came from the Lord. You'll be able to say, my friend, like, and shout with Moses. 
Can you imagine when Moses, when the enemy was there and was after him and he was down there and there was a great sea in front of him and where would he go? The army's coming after him. He's going to take his life. And you know what? You know what Moses did? Moses listened to the Lord. The Lord said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And he caused him to whisper to Peter. Remember Peter? He said, Peter, God's not slack concerning what He's able to do. God's able to do. Our expectation rests on faith. It travels on wings of obedience. I want to tell you something, and when you believe God, you expect answers from God. That's the hardest thing for people to understand as Christians. When you ask God, you need to expect God. You need to believe. You need, you need to have an expectation Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, if you have faith of a mustard, the smallest seed, if I held it in my hand today and just breathe on it, almost blow on the floor, it's so small. But when it is planted, it grows huge. And Jesus said, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be removed, and it'll be removed. You know what? That, I put that in, in today's terms. I don't know what the mountain is in your life that's blocking you. I don't know what the mountain is that you can't get over this morning. It may be a sin. It may be a problem. It may be a, a difficulty that you're facing. Whatever that mountain is this morning, my God is saying to you, if you have faith to see a size of a mustard seed, you can say to that problem or that mountain, be removed and it'll be gone. I believe that. That's what the Bible's teaching us. It's not just a literal mountain that he's talking about. He's talking about the mountains in your life. Again, Jesus said all things are possible to him that believe. Do you believe God? See, there, there's where the difference comes in. It, it, you know, a lot of people say, well, I believe God. I believe God exists. I believe, you know, well, I believe a lot of things, but I've never experienced it. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I believe God because I experienced Him. I know that when I ask with faith and honesty wholeheartedly, that God's going to hear and answer my prayer. Now, sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it's a miracle. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it's a few years down the line, and I realize I wake up one morning and say, thank God, you know, I prayed about that thing way back yonder. And God's finally answering that prayer. But God will provide. He will answer the prayer Jesus said all things are possible to him to believe. If you believe, then you should not lack expectation. You know, I had that saying, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. You know what? I believe the Bible. Expectation travels on wings of obedience. The moment we obey God, things happen. You know, that's where the problem comes in with a lot of people's faith. They don't obey. You, you know what? Naaman the leper came before him, and he had this leprosy, and he went out there, and, he, and you know what he said to him? He said, now I want, you, I want you to go down to the river, and I want you to dip yourself seven times. Now, I'm going to tell you something. He would have died of leprosy had he not obeyed God. Again, we find in the Scriptures where Jesus one day put mud on a, on a blind person's eye. And He said, now I want you to go over there to the pool and I want you to wash your face and wash your eyes and your sight will come. Obedience, you have to obey. You have to do what the Word of God says. You just can't sit there with your hands on your shoulders. I hear people say all the time, well, God said He'd provide. Now, I'm hungry. I'm going to tell you, you know how God provides when you're hungry? He gives you a job. 
You have to work a little bit. You have to sweat a little bit. You have to get the check and go to the bank and cash it. You have to go to the grocery store and wait in the long lines in order to get it. you got to go home and open the cans or the packages and cook it. That's how God provides. Obedience. We live in a, a lazy society. We want everything done for us. We, we think we're all microwaves. We're not. You see, it takes things for it to happen in our lives. Expectation. You know what Jesus said to those fishermen? I can't imagine. They've been out there fishing all night. Oh, they were tired. Man, I mean, they just cleaned. You know, when you're fish, professional fishermen, you've got to clean the nets. And, and they cleaned all the slop and the trash and the seaweed out of those nets and got them all ready and was putting them back aboard. And here comes Jesus and said, How do you do, fellas? Didn't catch a thing. He said, Casting that on the other side. They were tired. They probably said, man, I don't want to clean them nets again. But they obeyed. And when they did, the nets were so full, they could hardly get them in the boat. You see, obedience. Faith is more than just talk. God said to Moses when the enemy was crowding in behind him, Moses' people were grumbling and said, we should have stayed out of here. Why, you got us in a mess. And God said to Moses, strike or see, and he did with his rod, and the waters parted. You see, God that I serve can do anything if we're obedient to Him. We have to be obedient. I thought about the boys' lunch, you know. We, we talk about all those folks who was out there so hungry that day. Disciples were concerned. They said, hey, Lord, you better send them home. It's getting night, you know. And they've been here all day and, and they're hungry. And I can tell they're grumbling about it, and especially some of them ones that are really hungry. And, and, and the Lord said to them, now, well, well, just, just, just feed them. He said, man, there's no McDonald's around here. Where are we going to get food out here? And they went through the crowd and they saw the little boy that had packed a lunch. The only food they could find was that boy's lunch. And they brought it to the Lord. I'm, I'm almost certain that it was almost a prank on their part. Well, let's see what he's going to do with a little boy's little lunch. Jesus took that lunch and said, Oh boy, this is great. He held it out and he looked to heaven and he prayed. He said, Now pass it to the folks. 5,000 men plus women and children and 12 backs for school were picked up later. Why? Because the God that we serve when we obey will give in surplus. He'll give us far more than what we even expected or even believed for. You know what I thought about? Every act of obedience is filled with expectation. Didn't Jesus say, as you believe, this is the way it's going to be? As you believe. You have to believe it. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if in our mind, in our hearts, we're filled with expectation that when we come to service, rather than coming to church with all of our problems, oh, we come into church with our problems at home. We come to church with our problems at work, problems with kids, problems with husbands, problems with wives, problems with our neighbors, problems with other church members, problems with money. But I'm going to tell you something. I wonder what God would say Today to us and this week, if we would get saved, if we would come to church saying, Lord, 
I know a brother or sister. I, I've got a friend. I, I, I've not lived as, as I ought to live, Lord. I, I need you in my life. If you come to church, my friend, with that kind of thing, what kind of miracle will God give us today? What will God do for us when we show up at church today? God never disappoints expectation of His people. Never. Because God can do anything. He still shuts the lion's mouths. He still rains manna from heaven. He still breaks the prison cells open. He still opens the eyes of the blind. He still removes the huge stone away. He still makes the lame to walk. Why? Because my God today can do anything, anything but fail. If you've come today, what have you come expecting? What did you come to church expecting today? Did you just come to, to, to fill the pew to make, to make sure that somebody asked you tomorrow, did you go to church? Yeah, I went to church. I remember a fellow went to church one time. He was an old butcher. And he went to church, you know, and a guy had been witnessing to him and talking to him about what the Lord had been doing in his life. So one day he was discouraged and he said to his wife, he said, you know what, I feel like we ought to go to church tonight. I think we ought to, I think we ought to just go over to that little church over there. And she said, I don't feel like it. So he said, well, I'm going to go. So he went to church by himself. He sat through that service and the Lord worked on his life. He came back home and his wife said, Well, did you do any good? Oh, yeah. She said, What did the preacher preach about? I don't know what the scripture was. What did the song leader sing? I, I don't remember the song. She said, Well, what in the world did you get out of church? Said, I'll tell you what I got out of church. And I got up from that altar and they prayed for me. He said, I want to tell you something. When we opened that butcher shop in the morning, we're going to set that scale to 16 ounces. You see, his scale had been off. He had been cheating people all his life. But when the Lord came into his life, it changed him. It made him make the corrections that needed to be made. Let me tell you something. When we come to God, God corrects our lives. We, you know, people worry about doing all these things. You don't have to do much. All you do is listen and obey God. Today, I want to tell you something. In this service, God can do anything. And I'm going to ask this morning, I ask you today, what is the Lord going to do next in our lives? What is God going to do in our church? What's God going to do in my life? What did you come expecting today? Did you come expecting because you had a need of salvation? then believe God. Spirit is with you today. Believe that God can save you today. Did you come feeling sick in your body? Did you come thinking, well, Lord, you did this for these folks. You, you healed the, the blind man. You, you made the lame to walk. You made the woman with blood. But, but I've got these aches and pains. You've got to believe. Did you come with a need of healing today? Maybe you've come today with a need of sanctification. An infilling of the Holy Spirit that helps in your life. Do you need forgiveness? Are you tired today of living with guilt? You know, there's so many people that, that won't listen to certain things or won't talk to certain people or 
or they'll cross the street, or they won't shop at the same store, or eat at the same restaurant, or buy at the same hardware store, because they've got something between them and somebody else that might be there. And you're battling that thing. It's time to get rid of it. The Bible says if we forgive, He'll forgive us if we'll forgive others. Some of you may just need to be revived. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I mean, well, there was a day when you had a lot of joy in your heart. There was a day when you had a smile on your face. There was a time when you felt warm when you, when you came to the house of God and got around God's people. You, you've lost that joy. Somewhere along the line, you've, it, it's kind of leaked out. You know? Hey, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the, the, the guy that knelt at an altar and every revival, spring and fall, he'd come to that altar and he'll, and he was just laying, and laying that altar. He said, oh Lord, oh Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. And one of the elderly saints said, Lord, don't do it. He leaks. You know, a lot of people leak. They're excited on Sunday, but by Wednesday they've lost it all. Maybe today's the day you need to come and say, God, revive me. Give me the joy. Yes, my God can do anything. He can do anything but fail. But the only way it's going to happen is when you come expecting it to happen. Expecting God to do something. Expecting God to meet that need. Expecting this day forward for things to be different in your life. You have to come believing. Do you believe God? If you believe God this morning, there's nothing He will not do for you if you obey Him. Your obedience is to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I will do whatever you ask. I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'll go wherever you want me to go. That's what it's all about. Let's stand together. Father, this morning, you know the hearts and the lives of every person here. We've come to this service with anticipation, with expectation of what you are going to do in the lives of these wonderful people today. Father, we pray for every man, woman, boy, or girl that sits here. Father, we pray that this would be the very day, Lord, that You would give them joy, that You would give them salvation, that You would give them healing, Lord, that You would give them whatever they have need of today when they come expecting, believing, and knowing God that You are capable of doing it for them. Father, we pray right now as we sing, that, Lord, You will open hearts and lives and help them, Lord, to respond to You this morning. That they could leave here a better person. Because, God, they came anticipating and expecting for You to do something wonderful in their lives. In Jesus' name we ask it. Will You come as we sing? Number 634. 634. Every day or all the way.
Preachers, pierce your path a sail. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. You're going to sing one more stanza this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to anoint this sister for one that's very much in need of prayer today. Let me tell you, God is great and wonderful. I was just a young teenager. Had an old car that had problems with it. Had the old quill springs on the front. Had one of mine broke. Went back in the field, way back in the field, going to take a quill spring off of a car. Dropped down that knee action. I was back there all by myself, and I got everything ready. All of them loosened up to where when I could get under there and put a little block, that I'd take them last few out. And just about the time I put my hand under there to put that block, those threads all let loose, and that knee action went down on my arm. This arm right here. I'm telling you, it hurt so bad. I cried. I cried off to God. What was I going to do? My dear, nobody knows I'm here. I'm way back in the field. And fortunately, that car had sat there long enough that after the pain got down enough, I knew I was going to get any help. I began to dig alongside under that fertile dirt until I could slide my arm down. I got my arm out. It was Wednesday morning. I looked. That arm was all swelled and bruised. And everybody said, you need to go to the hospital. I said, no, I don't think so. I believe in going to prayer meeting. I went to prayer meeting. Had the saints pray for that arm. I'm going to tell you something. I woke up the next morning. There wasn't even a black and blue mark on that arm. I've never had nothing done to it in my life since then. Why? Because, you see, I knew that God had touched other people and He could touch me. <laughs> That's what it's all about, folks is seeing what God does for others. What He does for others, He'll do for you. He'll do for me. So this morning, God wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of His people. And He will, if you'll put your trust in Him and obey Him. We're going to sing another verse. We're going to pray this morning. If you have that need, come. We'll be glad to pray with you.